In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. You were that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this episode of Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my least favorite people on earth. It's myself. I don't have a guest today. Uh, here's the deal. I recorded an episode uh, with uh, someone I love, and I'm super fucking bummed because the equipment failed, so we couldn't put the episode out. So here I am in Boise, Idaho, recording this episode, and I'm a little bit bummed about it. I'm not going to lie. I was actually fucking livid. I was really mad. I was, that's like one of those small things. You're like, how did this shit fuck up? I did everything right, but it fucked up. So we're recording in, in Boise. I'm here doing shows uh, tonight and tomorrow. If you're in Boise, come the fuck out. It's ironic uh, that I'm wearing this shirt. This is bogus because there's a mountain here called Bogus Basin. I was going to go snowboarding, but I don't think we're going to be able to go because it was raining and shit. Although some chick at the shop around the corner was like, no, it's fucking it's good ass snow, dude. You should fucking get up there and rip, dude. It's dense. It's fucking dense as fuck snow, dude. I love that when chicks have those voices. It's fucking dance house, dude. Fucking get up there and fucking gnarly raw, dude. It's fucking tight, dude. Um, anyway, so I'm in Boise, yeah. And uh, I couldn't do the normal episode this week, so I'm doing a solo episode, which uh, I'm sure I'll get a lot of people being like, fuck this, dude. Get a guest. Uh, but, you know, fuck you. Whatever. Uh, it's me. You get me. I have a lot of stuff I want to talk about, uh, stuff I want to celebrate, stuff I want to... Um, pay homage to. Uh, I know a lot of comics have been talking about Brody. I'm going to talk a little bit about Brody, but not too much because I know a lot of people have been talking about that. And um, I don't really know how to do it justice. So uh, I'll just mention a few things about it. But um, off the top, off the tiggity top, I am very excited to announce uh, that uh, a show that I just did got picked up by FX Networks. Shout out to FX. Uh, with Little Dicky, the rapper Little Dicky. If you don't know Little Dicky, I've talked about him before on the podcast. We did a show together that is uh, going to come out, I think, at the end of this year. But we got picked up, so we're going to be doing some fun shit. It's like um, Curb, um, but in the rap world. It's like the rap Curb, I guess, the hip-hop version of Curb, which it sounds like something that Larry David would fucking hate. <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah. It's awesome. It's super fun. I can't wait to fucking do it. So I'm, I'm really excited about that um, to be able to do that. And that came on the heels of such terrible news. Uh, I had two weekends to run around and have a good time uh, off the road and off a of stand up. And I went to Park City, Utah to see family and to go snowboarding and then went to Mammoth Mountain to go snowboarding. And I'll talk about that. And shit was amazing. Um, but of course, on the gondola ride back down to the mountain, I got, you know, a couple of text messages and calls saying that Brody was no longer with us. And for people that don't know Brody Stevens, Stephen Brody Stevens, yes, was one of the best comics I think uh, I had known. I know a lot of people um, are giving high praise and it's for a reason. It's because Brody was fucking incredible. Um, he was funny and cool and nice and sweet. And without digging too deep into all the other adjectives I could find about him, I'll just say that um, it's one guy that I wish stuck around, um, took his own life, which is a bummer. It's like the fifth person in my life that's taken their own life, which another comic friend of mine was like, maybe it's you. Maybe it's me. Uh, no, I fucking hope not. But I think, um, yeah, I think it's crazy, man. I, I think, uh, I don't like a lot of things that come along with suicide. I want to talk about that because, um, I am somebody who suffers from anxiety and depression. Uh, a lot of people say they do and they breeze over it or they don't really want to get into it. And I will, I'll, I'll tell you all that shit. Um, I suffer from severe anxiety, man. I have terrible fucking anxiety. My anxiety rips me to shreds, man. It's really tough on my personal, you know, personal, private, my relationships and my public relationships don't suffer as much because I know how to like kind of push it away. But Brody was somebody who had um, terrible anxiety, awful depression. Um, he was going through waves of emotion all the time. Uh, and then for a long time, he was very good. And then pills, I think... Um, really fuck with your head, man. I, I am I am not someone who's going to be totally against medication, um, but I do think pills are so fucked up. They fuck up so many people. It hurts so many people. And when somebody dies from it, the government you know, gets to look the other way just because there are so many other contributing factors. 
They're like, oh, it wasn't just the pills. It's like, okay, well, I don't know, man. You know, it's like someone dies in a, a car accident. And you're like, well, it wasn't just the fact that he was driving 125 miles an hour, you know? Other things came into play. You're like, yeah, but he was going fast as fuck, you know? So Brody was going fast on pills, and I think it really fucked with him. Um, And that was a really hard thing to receive. I didn't even know how to take it, to be honest with you. It was really fucked up. It was really strange. If you've ever lost somebody you know, you know, um, a high school buddy of mine took his own life, unfortunately, and... um, that fucked with me too, you know, driving by his mom's old store back in my hometown, got just, it really it fucked with me crazy. Um, and then when I went back home, every time I would go home, I would see places we would hang out or I used to drive past his old house to go back to, to go to another friend of mine's house and even driving past his house gave me the creeps, man, because I remember kicking it with him upstairs and him introducing me to Dave Matthews band, you know, and, uh, you know, when I was blowing him, he would play Crash. Um, <laughs> no. No, it was uh, all along the watchtower when I was blowing him. He'd play that. But I remember sitting in his room and listening to Dave Matthews' band and then being in his backyard and burning. Uh, we burnt textbooks. We thought that we were so badass. We really, he had like a little bonfire pit and we burnt fucking textbooks in his backyard. We were like, fuck, we fucking burnt. Fuck the school. Fuck the system. We were, I think we paid for those. Like we bought them already. That's how dumb we were. It's like when people like protested Tupac and they bought his CD and then ran over it in a... a, a one of those like flatteners, you know, those uh, steamrollers or whatever. It's like they bought the fucking, you bought the fucking CD, <laughs> you fucking idiot. You already contributed to it. Um, but I, yeah, that kind of shook me up, you know, that, that shook me up when when he took his own life. And, and uh, I, I, I remember that feeling when I heard Brody had took, taken his own life. It, it did the same thing to me. It did the same thing where I was like, fuck, I don't get to see him at these places anymore I'm so used to. And what's really hard for me is a lot of comedians had a lot of connective tissue to Brody. So you'll hear a lot of people saying, I loved him. He was so close. I felt like I was, you know, he was such a big part of my life. And, and I don't think that's pandering or placating. I think that's true. I think Brody was such a big part of so many fucking people's lives. You know, I really do think he affected so many people and people felt so close to him because he was so open and he was one of those dudes that wanted to know everybody. He knew your first and your last name. I thought that was always so funny. It's like, you know, um, he really took time to like give a shit about you and, and who you are and your situation and where you're from. And so that was really hard. Cause I, I, I was driving back from Mammoth mountain after I was, you know, went snowboarding and I, the whole time in the car, I just kept thinking about the fact that I don't get to see him anymore. And that was, that fucking sucks. It sucks when someone takes their own life because you don't really get a chance to say goodbye. You know, sometimes a cancer or, 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 you know, someone gets sick or ill or even someone who dies unexpectedly, you know, you kind of hope that you had enough time with them before that, you know, to feel like you have a good remembrance of them. But with Brody, you know, you don't really pay attention when you see people all the time. You know, and I saw him every night at the store. That's why I think people are talking about him so much. We're family. You know, I'm at the comedy store almost every night of my life. That's my fucking second home, you know, and... When you see someone every day like that, you're, it's like you're, you're, you're so used to that relationship that they are like family. And it is like family, right? Because sometimes you fucking hate your family. Sometimes you hate the people that you see every day at the store. You get sick of them or you get annoyed or tired or, you know, you get over it. And then some days you really, really need a fucking hug from grandma, you know? And grandma Steve Simone, of course, in this case, he's the comedy store grandma because he gives the best fucking hugs and he can cook like a motherfucker. But I think that's the thing, you know, is like, we are a family and you don't always love your fucking family. You fight, you know, with your family. You argue, you bicker, you butt heads, you know. I like to think a lot of us don't have beef with each other, but there's a few people that, you know, I butted heads with in the past and you just, you know, you move on, you move forward, you know. Sometimes you don't like that cousin, you know. You all have that cousin. Uh, so, you know, Bart, your cousin Bart. How is he? Uh, you know, he's fucking, he's fine. That's how I feel about sometimes when you're there, you know, but... Brody was a bright light, and it's unfortunate that, that he turned it off himself. I think that was real fucked up. I don't like when people say selfish. I really don't. You know, I know it's an easy thing to say. Oh, it's so selfish to do that to other people. Uh, you know, man, you're so plagued with sadness in those moments. I don't think you're, you're thinking about anything. You're, not thinking about, you're thinking about taking away pain. You're not thinking about how is this going to affect other people. And then they say, that's why it's selfish. Okay, fine. Well, we do a lot of selfish acts as people. And I just think it's more sad than selfish. I'm sorry. Um, but you know, it's, it's weird. It's like, I'm, I, I, I can be a very selfish fucking person 
super selfish. And, you know, I couldn't ever, I could go to my depths of depression and anxiety. And I don't think I could ever get to that point. I don't, I don't really know how anybody gets to that point, but I, I don't know if selfish is the word. I think it's just, um, I think it's lost and hurt. And I think that's the real thing that we should be talking about. People get lost and they get fucking hurt, man. You know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's hard because you, you always wish you could help, you know? And I don't like when somebody says, did you see it coming? That bothers me. Did you see it coming? Yeah, we saw it coming. We just let it go. We were like, yeah, do it, man. Fuck it. No, man, you really rarely see it coming, quote unquote. I mean, in certain instances, there are clues and there are things that would lead you to believe that somebody may be dangerous to themselves. But then there's many a times when they're not at all. So you just don't know. That's a hard balance. You know what I mean? That, that's why like when somebody calls the cops and wants like a restraining order on somebody, it's so hard to get. Because like if they're not threatening your life, if they're just bothering you, that's a hard balance to be like, you know, the cops, oh, this guy won't stop bothering me. The cop's like, yeah, but what is he doing? It's like, you don't really know the lengths of what that person can do. It's the same thing with depression. It, it, it's, you know, you could try to put a restraining order on your depression, but sometimes it gets away with it. And, you know, I've had anxiety and depression for years and years and years. My, um, that's a good time to talk about, I, I, I had, I had severe panic attacks. Uh, my, um, my, my junior slash senior year in college. And I'm, and I'm saying this for people out there that if you do have depression, anxiety, um, panic attacks, um, things like that, like I feel like this is a, a great time for people to be able to talk about this shit because um, this is when you do. You know, and I, don't, I was so embarrassed for years to tell people about it that I didn't want to talk about it. But my last year in college, man, I used to have these things called ocular migraines where I would go blind in one eye. I literally was working at a fucking restaurant in Arizona called Native New Yorker, this fucking dump it's fucking dump it's probably good now go there i don't want to shit on the fucking restaurant no but i it was terrible we did like 10 cent wing nights you could you know you kind of the kind of people that show up for 10 cent wing nights i mean you fill in the fucking blanks people are like i want one wing like this and one wing like this and one wing like this like give me one hot one barbecue and uh one sweet and sour and you're like three you want three fucking chicken wings yeah okay well we can only do we can do a minimum of a half a dozen fine i'll do six Great, 60 cents, dude. I, I, I hope my tip is going to be fucking huge. So I used to get fucked at that place all the time, but I was eating shitty food. I wasn't, I wasn't sleeping. I was living unhealthy, and I started getting ocular migraines, which means I go, I go blind in one eye. I would go fucking blind in one eye. I can't, the only way I can explain the feeling is if you're looking at a fire and you close your eyes, you can almost see heat waves and heat lines in front of you. That's what it looks like, but, but your eyes are fucking open. There is no, there's no campfire. No one's making s'mores. Your eyes are wide the fuck open and you can't see shit. And it's heat waves. And the, the first time I got it, I kind of freaked out and I sat in the break room. And then the second time I got it, I remember, and anybody who's ever had panic or anxiety attacks, they'll tell you this. It says this in, you know, many publications um, on the internet about it, or doctors will tell you this. The first thought that runs to your mind is, I'm going to die. This is me dying. You genuinely think I'm going to die. It's one of the first things they say online. I was surprised because you're like, it's funny when, you, when you're trying to self-diagnose and you're like, oh fuck, this happened to other people too. Because it does. Uh, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, I'm going to die. And I grabbed an, uh, an, a friend who worked at the restaurant and I was like, I'm going to die. And he was like, what? I'm like, I'm, I think I'm going to die. Like you think you're dying because the overwhelming panic makes you feel like you can't breathe. Your chest is collapsing a little bit. My vision was gone. I'm thinking, fuck, I'm going to die blind in this shithole restaurant in Arizona, and that would have been the worst, I mean, God, my parents, like, where did he die, he's like, he was in the walk-in cooler, in the fucking kitchen, at the Native New Yorker, <laughs> it's like, oh shit, fuck, drag him out to at least, like, the dining hall, so it doesn't look as sad, but I thought I was gonna die, so I made people, you know, take me to the emergency room, and then I had a series of going back and forth, and back and forth to the emergency room because I had a series of ocular migraines caused severe panic attacks and I just it was hard for me to leave the house I didn't know how to explain it to my friends I was nervous to talk about it I was so embarrassed you know that I had this anxiety I would wake up in the morning I'd throw up every single day I used to throw up in the morning every morning you know my stomach was so empty a lot of times it was just bile but it was from the anxiety you know the anxiety was so heavy that I I think I was scaring myself into thinking, what if I get another panic attack and I do go blind and it permanently damages my eyes and it just got in, once it's in your head, it's hard to get out. So when people are like, 
you know, how can you be depressed? Or how does, like, can't you just get out of that stuff? It's like your body takes control. Your mind is so fucking powerful. There's no way to explain that. Um, it's, it's overwhelming to a degree that I don't think anybody can truly comprehend. And mine were so crippling that I would lie to my friends and pretend like I was just sick. So I was sick for months. Uh, but it was just because I fucking had so much anxiety. I couldn't eat. I remember there was this cute ass chick. I love this chick. Um, and we were going to have lunch together. And, uh, and I, I remember getting the thing I thought I could actually put in my mouth and digest. I was like, okay, this will be easy to eat. It won't make me nauseous. Cause I was on these pills. I was on anti-nausea pills. I was on, uh, that's cause I told him I threw up every morning and then I was on some other, like it was like an antidepressant, but I don't remember what it was, but they were trying to change the chemicals in my brain. And I remember fucking sitting down with like a turkey croissant. I was like, this should be so easy to eat. And the moment it hit my mouth, I wanted to throw it right the fuck. I wanted to puke on it because it was, the smells changed. My taste buds changed. My anxiety overwhelmed my, my, my entire central nervous system. Everything was manipulated because of it. And I couldn't finish the lunch and I lied to this girl and told her I had to go. Um, and I left and I fucking, and I left and I was so embarrassed. And I think a long time later we ended up hooking up. Um, which is a bonus to the story. That's when I was feeling better. In fact, I think we hooked up, um, and uh, this is nice and embarrassing. I, I went down on her, I think, for so long that she gave up on hooking up. I was so afraid to have sex that I went down on her for so long that she was, like, over it. You know what I mean? Like, she was like, okay, that's too, like, did you not want to? I was just nervous to have sex with her. I think she was way out of my league. The same thing happened to the first girl I ever fingered. Uh, the first girl I ever fingered, um, I've, I just did it for way too long and she like stopped, she like put her hand on my hand and was like, that's, that's enough. <laughs> she was like, that'll do pig. That'll do. I was just so nervous to go to the next step. And that was years later. I was in college when I went down on this girl. I was just, she was way hotter than me. And I was like, she doesn't want to have sex with me. No way. So I was like, I'll just, I'll just eat the taco. Um, until, until I got a signal, no signal. So I was like, I had to bail, but I had such fucking terrible anxiety um, to that part of my life in, in college that it was riveting and I've learned to deal with it now. But it is very difficult and I th think people don't understand. It's easy to say, why do you get that way or, or why can't you just X, Y, Z? Why can't you just feel happy? Can't you just fucking, you just go for a run. That makes people happy or, you know, like make something, create shit. It's like a, a lot of times that you get into such a spiraled effect of not wanting to get out that it's hard to get out because you don't really want to get out because you're afraid. It's just weird. Like you do want to get out, but then you're like, oh, but I'm, I'm kind of scared and I'm settled at this moment. And then if you shake that up, you know, if you, if you shake things up, if you drain the swamp, you know, if you shake up the government, if you fucking shake shit up, you're afraid of what that repercussion is going to be. And I soon got over that, um, that, that crippling panic attacks. I never, I didn't ever have panic attacks ever again, but it was a tough thing to get through. It was really, really hard, you know? So I struggle with anxiety today and depression, but they're on different levels. I have these things where I go and I go and I go. Like a lot of people, a lot of Whiskey Ginger fans will say like, oh, Santino speaks at 1.25 speed, you know? They're like, if you put it up on the podcast, you speed it up twice as fast. It's fucking insane. And I do speak very fast. It's just my natural way of thinking and speaking. But people are always like, is you on an Adderall? I'm not on anything. I don't take fucking shit. I don't, do, I don't put anything in my body like that. Um, and I don't really enjoy any of that stuff either. I'm, I'm not... I'm not into that shit. It fucks with you so much. It manipulates you so much that it gives me the creeps, you know? So no, I don't do any of that fucking shit, but I, I, I found different ways to balance my anxiety. But a lot of times I crash. I crash really hard. It's creepy, you know? It's creepy what happens because I'm on such a high level all the time, running hot, hot, high, high all the time, seven days a week, comedy, traveling here, here, there, there, doing that, 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 that when I crash, it's, it's bad, you know? I get sick as fuck and I have to sleep for like two days straight. And I mean, legitimately. Like I'll wake up for a couple hours and like shit or put something in my mouth real fast, drink some water and I'll go right back to bed and I'll have to sleep. And it's not I'm sleeping, not sleeping because I'm sad. It's sleeping because my body has just been like, fuck, like it's done, you know? Like those old cartoon trains when they come to a stop and they're like, and they break down and the steam falls out and the wheels fall off. That's what happens to me. I've been chugging way too fucking hard. So I have to learn to adapt and control that, you know? And, and natural remedies are the best for me. You know, there's a lot of things that I try to do to, to control those, you know, my advice for people doesn't work for everybody. I like exercising or going for super long walks, super, super, super long walks, you know, 
you know, I'll go for seven to 10 mile runs. And a lot of people are like, fuck running. That shit is terrible for your knees and your back. And it is. But if you can't do a long run, get some comfy ass shoes, take a long walk, pop in, pop in some headphones. Um, sometimes I'll talk to myself on my phone. I'll literally open my voice memo and just chat about ideas that are going through my head. I'll take long fucking walks, you know? And it's nice. It gets your body a little bit a little bit of exercise, you know, instead of just going to the gym. So you're getting good activeness and it's also kind of clearing your head out, you know? And ironically, coincidentally, fucking Brody used to do that very thing. He'd walk and do periscopes. And I think that did help him a lot. Um, you know, I think, I think it did really help him a lot. Uh, but I also think, you know, those things you can't control like medicine going on and off of medicine. It does, it, it's very dangerous, you know? It's very dangerous, and it's something I don't know enough about, so I'm not going to sit here and fucking preach like I know, like I know. but I do think it does a lot of fucked up things to people. I do think it does a lot of fucked up things. Pills are, pills turn out, turns out pills are bad. Turns out pills are awful, and they fucking ruin families and lives, and people kill themselves, or they kill people to get more pills. I mean, fuck, methadone has become more fucked up, more more addictive and more common than heroin. It's cheaper, and it's, there's more, it's more plentiful, and it's 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 easier packaged, and it's much cleaner of an idea for someone to get hooked on instead of heroin has this dirty look and methadone is like, it's just a pill, you know? So, you know, that's hard for me, you know, because I come from addiction in my world, you know, I'm a child of addiction, so I don't really like to fuck with things like that that I know that can be very addictive and, you know, I'm someone that that should drink less, you know, I love boozing, you know? The show is called fucking Whiskey Ginger. It's I, I should put down the glass once in a while but I'm keeping my life in control. I don't think I'm out of control, but I do know that I always have to be watching my shit. I think everyone should be watching their shit, whatever it is, because everything can be an addiction, you know? Fortnite, I see how much people play that bullshit. Grown men, you know? Eric Griffin and Bobby Lee, these guys, they play fucking video games for like 12 hours a day. That's, 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 you're drink. that's drinking. That's using, you're using something. That's an addiction, you know? And if it works for you and you're not hurting anybody, that's fine, but everything can be an addiction. Just know that, you know, you're not exempt from getting hooked on some shit. But, um, but anxiety and depression was a part of my life. And if you really need help, you know, I strongly advise you to, to, to reach out to people that you love and that you know. Um, and if, because if you can't afford therapy, you can't afford to go to groups and you don't want to go to groups, or you don't want to talk to a therapist, you know, I, I highly advise you to talk to the people that love and know you the most that care about you. Cause I swear to God, they're there for you. I promise you there will be someone in your life who really wants to help you through that. You, I know you think there's nobody, but you know you reach out to someone that you really love and respect and somebody that you really care about, and I promise they care about you too. So, you know, I, I hate harping on it and talking more about it, but um, I lived that. I lived such bad anxiety and depression for so many years, and I've learned to balance it, but it's not easy, and I know there's a fuckload of people out there that deal with it, you know? I remember the only time I ever thought about something as dangerous as harming myself is in high school. And this, I'll be funny now. I'll be funny from now on. Okay, guys? Uh, <laughs> this is a comedy podcast. This is sad. But in high school, I'll never forget when I used to get in a fight with my parents, um, I would put on Pearl Jam's Better Man. She lies and says she's in love with him. Can't find a better man. From Vitology, maybe, was the album. I fucking love that song. That song was about like love and heartbreak and I used to fight with my parents and run up in my room and play it and cry to it. <laughs> I don't know why that had nothing to do with like growing up. There was no teenage angst. It was more about love struggle, but I, for some reason, man, did it fucking get me, dude. Vetter. It got me and I used to do that, but I remember um, I was listening to that song and I was already sad and mad with my parents and I, and I had asked a girl to like prom or formal or I don't know, a dance or something, and I think she did said no, or she was going with somebody else, and I remember feeling so bad and ugly about myself at that point in my life. Like, I remember all these things kind of congealed at once to make me feel sad, and that's what I think it is a lot of times. People that get super depressed, it's it's like 50 factors. It feels like they all happen at once, you know? It feels like the perfect fucking storm, but from the outside, it may not look that way, but I remember feeling so fucking ugly. I remember hating the way I looked, my body, I hated myself, you know, I hated myself, I was disgusted, and you start to think those thoughts, who the fuck would want you anyway, you're fucking gross, and I didn't think about hurting myself, but I, I realized in those moments about what it would feel like to just go, disappear, and that felt a little bit of relief in a weird, disgusting way, that you're like, I just want, what if I could fucking poof, you know, God make me a bird so I can fly far, far, far away from here, you know, that shit that she was talking about in Forrest Gump, Jen A., 
she want, she was so hurt by these things that you just want to fuck, let me leave this. And it's not saying, let me, I want to kill myself. It's saying, I just wish I could fall into fucking space for a while, you know? And if Elon Musk keeps it up, we probably will be able to fuck off into space. If you're having a sad day, just shoot you out to fucking space. Go have a day or two in space. Come back when you're not so sad. Um, but those feelings in high school that I had were real and I understood pain that hurts someone's internal so much that they may get to a place of wanting to disappear. Um, you know, not physical harm. I never, I never thought about that, but it does fuck with you, man. It fucks with you. Your head is so powerful, you know? Sometimes I wish I was so, so stupid because I feel like a lot of stupid people that I know, man, they would never do anything to themselves because they're so fucking dumb. You're so dumb. If you're so dumb, you're probably happy as shit. And I'm not saying I'm not happy. I'm saying I think I get affected more when you think too deeply about things. If you really get in your own head, you know, I think statistically it turns out a lot of people that have anxiety and depression tend to be quite intelligent, above average intelligence, uh, are typically people who get bouts of anxiety and or depression, especially of creative minds, type A's, alphas, you know, the rock I remember in some article was talked about. He was like, yeah, you know, I'm depressed. It's like, yeah, no shit, dude. You spend fucking 18 waking hours of the day working on your body and you don't work on your brain at all. And when you do, and you're alone with it, it cracks. It's bound to fucking crack, dude. You can't just be like fucking Squats, lift, change, more elk meat. Squat, lift, change, elk meat. You can't do that all day and not take time to self-reflect or not take time to really like dig into some other thing with your brain and engage just not just your body without getting sad. I don't believe in that. I, I think I think you have to have a balance in life. You have to work out some days. Other days you have to eat a pizza, smoke pot, and laugh with a friend, you know? Some days you have to read a book and some days you have to jerk off to, you know, nine different kinds of porno. Uh, you know, some days you want to take a long ride in a car and just empty out your fucking brain. And then some mornings I want to sit with a friend for breakfast and have three, four cups of coffee and just talk forever about nothing. Cause I think that shit helps. So if you are going through that shit, I know this is such a cheap phrase, but it's like, you're not alone. I, you're not though, you know, seven and a half billion fucking people. You think you're the only one that's hurt. People are fucking hurt. People are sad, you know? And I've read a lot of stuff from different people on the internet after the Brody thing being like, I don't know how to deal with what I'm going through. And I get that. And you don't. But talking to people is the best way. Talk to people. Anybody. Anybody. Everybody. Go to the grocery store. Talk to the fucking dude checking you out. You know? You boop. How you doing? Boop. You're like, well, you really want to know? Boop. No. Fucking not good. <laughs> Let him know. Let her know. Hit someone with it. Maybe they'll get a, maybe you'll get a good response. The more, the more open you are, the more vulnerable we can be, I think the better off we become. Because we learn... That people do want to help people. We do. We, we, I think there's a human instinctual thing that wants to, you want to help other people. Um, but it's, you can't if they don't fucking ask, you know? Nobody could help Brody because I didn't know Brody wanted help. And, you know, you try to be there for people as much as you can. But it's hard. It's fucking hard. Um, so it was tough for me because I had some self-reflective moments and I was away on vacation and I went snowboarding and I tried to just get this guck off of me uh, the way I was feeling and that didn't help, you know? But, you know, the world is fucking insane right now. Um, I do think getting out to the mountains clears your head. There's nothing better than being at like 11,000 feet up and looking at the world. You feel so insignificant and beautiful at the exact same time. Standing on the top of a mountain at a summit in Park City, Utah, you know, we went to Sundance and then Park City and... Um, not Deer Valley, though, because Deer Valley doesn't allow snowboarders. Skiers only. There's only skiers here at Deer Valley. Robert Redford invented this place. <laughs> rich people that like trinkets. You know when rich people get so rich, they like trinkets? I fucking hate that. When you go to somebody's house, you're like, look at all these. Look at all the shit they have. What do you do when you, when you die or when you have to move? So much bullshit. I hate when people have trinkets. When you get so rich, you just buy knickknacks around the house. That have no fucking, they'd serve no purpose. They're just there to fill in the home. I think that gives me anxiety. Well, yeah, Deer Valley, no fucking snowboarders. Ugh, snowboarders. You know who I get hurt by the most? Skiers. I've run into more jag off fucking skiers flying down the mountain acting like assholes. Assholes. That's who fucks up more people. This snowboarding culture is the same, you know, bullshit that was perpetuated about everyone that smokes pot's a piece of shit, bad person, pothead, loser, dropout. That's also been debunked. That's bullshit. And the snowboarder culture is a young punk pothead idiot. 
just as many dumbass skiers. You ever met people? They're fucking insanely stupid. Most people are jagoffs. But Deer Valley, <laughs> couldn't go there. Uh, but Park City, being at the summit, God damn, it was incredible. You look out and you see these other peaked mountain ranges and you see these, these beautiful crests of snow and it makes you feel insignificant and also clean and free. You know, you can, the, the, you know, the, the air is, I mean, the air is so fucking thin, you can barely breathe, but it's just nice to, it's nice to feel shit. You know what I mean? It's nice to, you know, when you jump in the ocean and it's fucking freezing and your body's like, <gasps> that's like a good feeling. It's like, you're like, I'm alive. It makes you feel fucking alive. Sometimes you just wane through life and you don't feel alive. So getting out, getting into the mountains for me and going snowboarding is like a, it's one of those things. The feeling of riding through powder. Ugh, my God. It's like shooting the best load ever. You know, I've said that before, but God, I mean it. Every time I snowboard, I'm like, oh my God, this is the thing I want to do. If I could ride down a mountain for an hour straight, I would, you know, fuck my legs. I would ruin my legs just to straining them so hard just to get down a mountain of powder just because it feels so goddamn real. It feels so fucking real. Just the idea alone is insane that some fucking genius, insane idiot was like, I want to ride down that on something. That someone saw a mountain and was like, I want to go down it. I want to go to the top and then ride down a thing to get down it fast. That's like such a white thing. <laughs> That's one thing. When people don't believe in white privilege, uh, yeah, white people aren't, there's no such thing as white privilege. Oh yeah, go to any ski resort ever. Go to any ski resort ever. It's nothing but whites. Tons and tons of privileged fucking whites. I went to Vail. Go to Vail. Go to fucking anywhere in Colorado, those fancy resorts. Go to any of those. Is all super fucking rich, whites, craft beers, a lot of wine, <laughs> families of like six, they got six kids, you know, it's like fucking four to six kids, it's like 30 grand to go on vacation, how the fuck, who the fuck are these people, did they invent Velcro, who has this much money, I never understood that, who has that much money, I barely pay for me, that's insane, you know, but yeah. I had to go clear my fucking head. And then it was tough to come home. <clears throat> and the news doesn't stop. That's what's even more hilarious. Like the news still is annoying. The juicy, juicy Smollett guy. <clears throat> that was annoying. That was so fucking annoying. And so many people have... I, I, we, people debunked that before it even happened. He's out in Chicago at 2 in the morning. I'm born and raised in Chicago. No one's fucking out at 2 a.m. Negative 19. Fuck that. MAGA country. That's exactly why people who are Trump supporters hate the liberals. That, because they fabricate stories like that. Like that, like, not like I'm saying this happens all the time, but it's, that is an example of why this war between left and right will never end, because that's fucking obnoxious. You faked a story that guys came and assaulted you and said it's MAGA country N-word and put a rope around your neck. Like, what kind of sick fuck do you have to be to falsify that shit? Fuck him. He should go to fucking jail. Fuck that dude. You wasted community taxes and resources. Police, you were news stories. People cared about you. There's benefits being thrown for you. The gay community and the black community should be like, fuck you, Jagoff. You're throwing us back. You're hurting our progression, dude. We're trying to fucking eliminate things like that from happening in our society. And then when you fake, when you fake it, you're, you're drumming up false narrative. Jag off? What a jag off. Chicago word. Jag off. Look at this jag off. Such a Chicago thing to say when somebody does something stupid. Fucking jag off. See this fucking jag off? How he parked? It is true though. It's like, why? I just don't get why he would do that. You know, and people are like, oh, he's getting cut off of empire. It's like, okay, well, fuck. That's not a reason to be that, to do some dumb shit like that. And then he's like, that's not why. It's like, well, then, then you're a sociopath. Then something's really wrong. At least that'd be val validating. If he was like, I was going to get kicked off the show and I I made a bold leap to try to stay on, I'd be like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. But I mean, you know, you got to swing the bat to hit the ball. Maybe it would have worked if he got away with it, you know? But all that bullshit. And, and, then, and then the Robert Kraft stuff was just hysterical to me. Old man goes and gets jerked off in parlor. Yes. Obviously. It should have said obviously, comma, old man billionaire gets jerked off at, at Asian massage parlor. Obviously. Yeah, no shit. What the fuck? Yeah, they get bored. I think those guys get so bored of being rich, they just want to, they want to feel like a normal Joe Schmo. So they want to go get tugged off at fucking Chin Suin's massage parlor in the strip mall to feel normal. Now, if he knew that those women were being like trapped as sex slaves and that's what really comes out, 
Woof, we got ourselves some shit. That was Mar-a-Lago, a tunnel from Mar-a-Lago, going to the massage parlor. I want to start making up shit. I'm going to be Alex Jones and be like, there's a tunnel in Mar-a-Lago that goes right to Chin Suin's massage parlor. And they're jerking off, and it's kids, and they're jerking them off with their little feet. They're doing kid, they're doing little kid feet fucking jerk-offs. Alex Jones. Alex Jones did fucking Rogan. And it was chill on there for about 10 seconds, and then did Alex Jones. And turned into Alex Jones for four hours. I don't know how Joe does that shit. Joe's my homie. I love him. He's a good friend. I, fucking, I, I don't know how he has the energy to do that shit. I'm, I'm amazed by the way he's able to do that. Talk to someone for four hours? Holy shit. What can you do for four? Name what you can do for four hours. I can't. I can't. What, what, going to a live sporting event, two hours of that, two and a half hours, you're like, I got to go home. This is insane. I can't be here anymore. Four hours, like the energy it takes to like listen to Alex Jones and speak to him for four hours. Joe should get a fucking Nobel Prize for that. That's incredible. That patience. You know what I mean? To be able to sit through all that shit that he's spewing out. And there's so much nonsense that surrounds him. You know, like I know he's not a flat earther. And I think Bravo said he was. That flat earth thing. I watched that documentary. Get the, f- hey, Cut it the fuck out. This is so sad. Psychoanalyze these people. Find out that science has, has given such a mound of evidence so large to leap over to try to get to the other side that it's not true. I, I, I don't even know how they do that shit. I don't know how they get to a place where so many scientists, like legitimate scientists, have been like, what? what, what, what? It's like when people don't believe in global warming. What do you not believe? What do you not? You don't, you don't believe that the earth might be getting hotter? Uh, what? How was that not, how could you not believe that? There, there was less humans. We put more humans, more pollution, more shit. You don't think that's my, that might be fucking up the ecosystem? You don't think that might be a reason? I mean, it's, in, yes, it's true. And also at the same time, like I've said, I talk about it on the stage. What do you want me to do about it? You know, like, fuck, I, I, I'll try to help, but also, uh, what are you going to do? The earth is, you ever seen the earth? It's fucking huge. What do you want me to fucking do? You know, I, I can't. I'll do my best. Leave me the fuck alone. But that's the thing. is like this idea, Flat Earth, I watched the documentary. This, and one of the idiots on there, this this chick, I wish I remembered her name, um, Steer, Patricia Steer. I think that's what it was. This Dumbo, this fucking idiot. She she also says she doesn't believe in 9-11. You're like, how? Are you saying that to troll? Are you just saying that to be a fucking troll? She goes, I don't believe airplanes went into buildings. What? You don't believe airplanes went into built? What? What do you need? Do you need to be there? You need to be there. I mean, this that shit's gotten out of fucking control. It's gotten out of control. These these conspiracy theories have gotten so fucking far out of control. It scares me. It scare. It scares me. And then it clapped back on her because that Patricia girl. She was like, you know, CIA. The last three letters in her name. All these other conspiracy theorists started calling out her saying she is part of the CIA. She's part of the FBI. She works for Warner Brothers or whatever. It was like all this insane. And she goes, God, if they can believe that about me, then maybe it's me believing weird stuff about them and others. It's like, yeah, dummy. Yeah, you fucking dummy. The earth isn't flat, bozo. We proved that so fucking long ago. Cut it out. Cut it out making up fake shit. You're making it up because you want attention. You want something to believe in. It's emptiness. It's got to fill some weird fucked up void, you know? Ugh. Made me nauseous. That shit made me so nauseous to listen to. But I had to get through the documentary because I had to wash off the bad taste out of my mouth of all the other fucked up documentaries. I watched that Abducted in Plain Sight and all that shit fucked with me so bad. Kid stuff. People fucking with kids. That's something. Looking for a new a new place to live and all these, and all these neighborhoods and this, these houses I've been looking at you go on the Megan's Law thing. I can't believe how many people fuck with kids. It would blow your mind. Look up Megan's Law. Go on Megan's Law in your neighborhood. Look it up. A dude right up the street from the house that we looked at. Right, literally right up the street. Lewd and lascivious acts with a uh, uh, with fourteen with a fourteen year old. What? The only thing you should be doing with a fourteen year old as a grown adult male is yelling at them or getting annoyed at what they're doing. That's it. Not fucking them. Not touching them. Not 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 getting close to them. Yelling at them. Hey, cut that the fuck out. That's the only thing you should be saying to a 14-year-old because that's all they're doing is, is doing something wrong or annoying. I think that's so gross. Uh, it's a sickness. It's a disease. They need to be dealt with. I understand. I'm not saying fucking, you know, I'm not saying kill them. I'm saying figure it out, remove them from society, put them in a place where they can't be near people and kids. I'm sorry. Like, I think, 
I don't think you fuck a kid on accident. I don't think it's like, oh, it was just one time. It's like, nah, I don't know. I don't think so. I think there's something so deeply disturbing that, you know, we need to put you on a pervert island. You know what I mean? It'd be funny if we put all the perverts on an island and make an impossible goal. Like make a, make a boat, put a boat way out there uh, with a bunch of young kids like partying on a boat and have the boat pass by like once every month and they try to swim out, but they all drown and die. <laughs> Just give them like the carrot, you know, in front of the fucking... Like in front of the Greyhound, you know, they put the rabbit in front of the Greyhound and they let it go. They're like, oh, yeah, see if you can get it. But they never, they know they're never going to get it. And they still will die trying. I used to watch that as a kid. You know, my grandfather used to work at the dog track. He'd take us, you know, there's the, there's the horse track and there's a Greyhound track. And the Greyhounds, man, they'd, they'd release a rabbit and the rabbit would be running around this track and the Greyhounds do. They would do anything to get to that thing. I mean, they would maul each other to get to it. Even though you got to know, they remember they're never, they're never going to get it. Like, don't they know? We just did this. We just did, this is why we're the best, this is why we're leading, <laughs> we're the leading species. Did we just showed you, you can't get it. You're going to go after it again? It's just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's so sad to watch. I don't like any of that stuff though. Making animals like race against each other, rodeos. I went to a fucking rodeo. I hated that fucking shit. I had to go do a piece for the sports show that I was doing about rodeos. You know, they kick, you know, they kick the bulls in the balls. They sock them in the fucking, they kick them in the fucking dick before they go out there. And then they wonder why these things are bucking them, trying to murder these dudes. Like when the bull, when the bullfighter a couple years ago in Spain got killed, I was stoked. They were like, "How tragic! How tragic!" You you know the phrase, "You mess with the bull, you get the horns." What else? What else do you need to know, you guys? What what else do you need to know? You fucked with an animal that has horns and it hates the thing you're doing to it. When it kills you, that's what you get. Uh, where are we? What like what? We're such a weird species of people. The fact that we still ride animals. Why are we riding horses? We don't need them for transportation. Why the fuck are you on a horse? Get off of the fucking horse. What are you, like, what are you doing? Like a cop on a horse always makes me laugh. Who are you going to catch? Who are you going to catch? Stop. No. Okay, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Come on. Get up. St- hey, stop. No. Ugh, fuck. Hold on. Stay there, please. Come on. Come on. Let's go. Come on, buddy. Go, go, go. I take one sharp turn, the horse is fucked. I break the horse's ankles. I shake it. I shake the horse. I don't understand any of that fucking animals. Which is funny because I eat them. I love to eat them, you know? I'll eat the fuck out of an animal. I've tried to go off that shit. I did a week without. You know, where you do one week without. I did a week without meat. Week without booze. Week without exercise. Week without, you know, it's like you take a week off of everything, even if it's good or bad for you, just to find out how your body adjusts to it. And meat was so hard for some reason. Red meat was not hard. But like turkey or chicken or all that shit, that was so fucking hard. I was so angry all the time. I just got annoyed. I just got more annoyed. I was like, what's a fucking... I just want to fucking eat something, dude. There's no way to eat salad and not look like a cow. There's no way to eat a salad at a restaurant. Every time you see someone eating a salad at a restaurant, they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you always look like a fucking barn animal when you eat a salad. And I like my vegetables, but I, just, I have to have some fucking meat. I have, like, I, I don't know why. It's, it's like I need it. I mean, I do know why. You get your blood drawn. You find out if you, some people physically need more iron in their diet. You need more meat. You need more, more protein, you know? And I can't eat more beans because, oh my God, the more like, you can't eat those. Supplemental proteins sometimes are so hard. Eat a bunch of beans and you find your, 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 your asshole is like a fucking throughway of a highway. It's like, just gas shit constantly coming out. You're like, God, when does this end? It's like, I ate three pieces of broccoli. I'm going to fart for the next five hours. When does it end? But anyway, um, I'm happy to be, I'm happy to be on the road during all the crazy shit that's going on. Like back in LA has been fucking with me. It's been fucking with my head. So I'm, I'm glad to get on the road. I'm glad to be able to get out and perform you know, and, and this helps too. The, doing Whiskey Ginger and the fans that are coming from Whiskey Ginger and having a good time and wanting something to to look forward to every week helps me out, you know, and that's a balance for my anxiety and my depression and all that shit, you know? That helps me a ton. And joking with friends and talking shit. I mean, that, it just, it helps, it helps like keep this thing going, you know, because I have a lot of good in my life. I can't complain. I told you this FX show is going to be great. I cannot wait to shoot this fucking show with, with Little Dicky and uh, Jeff Schaefer is executive producing it and uh, and directing it. Um, uh, he he did he did the League on FX, the League, which is a great show, um, and he's doing Curb Your Enthusiasm this year, which I will also be on. That's another announcement. I did an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, 
which will come out, I believe it comes out in the summer, um, but they never fucking tell you any of this shit. You know, you never know. You do it, you show up, you're privileged, and then you go home. I remember how good, it was the best feeling in the world, you know, um, auditioning for Larry David. That was, that was, I'm making Larry David laugh and break, you know, I made him break in the scene <clears throat> was probably the highlight of my life. My firstborn kid won't even feel as good as that, you know? I see a kid come, you know, kid come out and just be like, oh yeah, but you know, it's not, it's not making Larry David laugh. That's just not the same feeling. It was amazing. You know, one of my comedic heroes to make him laugh was just like, holy shit. It was overwhelming. You know, to watch him smile, because I've seen that smile for years on my television, you know, but to interact with him was like, wow, I get to, I get to be the catalyst for his happiness for this little moment in time. And that was powerful. Um, but yeah, Jeff Schaefer, who directed uh, Curb, <coughs> sorry, sorry, um, he is doing The Little Dicky Show. Uh, it's me, uh, Little Dicky, Gata, who I've had on the show. Uh, Taco from Odd Future. He's from the Odd Future clique. Um, this actress, Taylor, who's great. Um, and uh, a bunch of other people coming and going. Um, a ton of rappers want to come through because Dickie has so much you know, hype in the rap community. He's so well-respected that I think a lot of, a lot of the rappers are, are going to want to come through to do a small cameo row and fuck around. You know, I can't wait to meet some of them. Juicy J, you know, please come through. Please come through. Uh, there's a lot of people that I put in request to work for. And that's interesting. I was thinking about that. Like, who would I want to have as a cameo on the show and do a scene with because Dickie's so connected to the hip-hop world and I hope a lot of hip-hop cats want to be a part of it. And sadly, a lot of the guys that I would kill for aren't either aren't around anymore um, or I don't know if they would even want to do it, you know? Guru from Gangstar would have been, the, the to me, that would have been my pinnacle if we get if I would have gotten to work with him. Yeah, because I think it was incredible. I wish I could have saw him more because some of those hip-hop artists that were my favorite are no longer with us, which is insane, you know? Although Tupac and Biggie are still alive. Uh, don't believe the hype. They live in Pasadena, California. I don't know if you guys know that, but uh, Biggie works at Panera Bread right on uh, right on uh, on Main Street there. And Tupac, Tupac, I think, is a line cook at Sugarfish at a sushi restaurant, but... It looks like him, but I don't. I don't ever. I don't want to bug him. You know what I mean? They moved there to get away, so I don't want to fuck with those guys. But um, there's so many hip hop artists that I wish that I hope to work with, that I would love to work with on the show, and uh, we'll see where that goes. It should be fucking incredible. So you know, I mean, like that's such a a blessing to be a part of that and to be on tour. Life is good for comedy right now. So many people are like coming out to shows. Comedy is at such a boom. It's insane, and I think it's all due to like the fans of, of podcasts in this world because they want to be connected, and I fucking love that. You know, I want to address a few fans things. You know, fan, people, a lot of fans have been like, you know, do longer podcasts or, uh, you know, and people want to reach out and want, I can't answer every question. I'll try to get to as many people as I can. I try to engage as much as I can, um, but I can't do longer ones and I can't do more because my time, I'm trying, I'm crunching so much right now, but I'm doing my best, <laughs> Okay. Doing my best, Dad. Um, but yeah, and I want to get more in depth with with more people that I find interesting. And I think as it it grows, it's getting better for me. I'm finding out the things that I love. Travel tends to be some of the things that people want to talk about the most, and I love that too. Um, so we're gonna keep moving and manipulating and and changing it, and it's gonna keep morphing. But whiskey ginger will always be uh, whiskey ginger. Moi, uh, hopefully with a guest. Sometimes I got to do these one offs. And this is good to get the head clear, you know? A nice change. A nice change of pace. I was so self-conscious about doing this, I'm not going to lie. Talking just to the camera. I never really do this. I never blogged, vlogged. I never did that, you know? Because I just, looking at a camera is so fucking weird and annoying. This little, like, machine just staring at you. It's like judging you. Like, a camera, like, it's like, it looks like it's, like, judging me, even though it's not. You know, it's not doing anything but receiving data. But it looks like it's like, hmm, is that, do you think that's funny? Do you think that's the story that you think is okay to tell? Okay, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take it, but... <laughs> okay, your fucking choice, your show is judging you, you know? But it, it's odd. It's, it's uncomfortable. I find, I find why so many YouTube stars... I find why they were so socially awkward because they just did this all the time. But I'm so busy doing the other thing all the time, talking to humans, that when I do this, this fucks me up. This weirds me the fuck out. 
just talking to a machine, into a machine, into another machine, to get put in together by a machine, to get received by people on machines looking at machines. We're fucked. We're fucked. I don't think machines are ever going to take our jobs away, but I think they're going to kill us for sure. I can't wait till this thing has a malfunction thing in it when it just receives data and it gets angry at the data and just shoots something at me and kills me, you know? Incorrect. <laughs> Murders me right on camera. Fucking at least you have the footage. Maybe it'd make for a good episode. Get some hits, dude. But um, but I'm going to keep moving. We're going to keep doing more. Um, and I'm, I'm going back on the road. I'm back on the road in the midst of shooting the TV show um, uh, right now in Boise. Next weekend, I'm in Jersey, by the way. New Brunswick, New Jersey at the Stress Factory. So come out if you live in the Jersey area. Uh, I'll be there uh, next weekend. And next weekend, I should say dates because I'm so bad at dates. But I'm going to be at the Stress Factory in Jersey uh, the 7th, 8th, and the 9th. 7th, 8th, 9th. And then Mr. Joe Rogan and I uh, go have a little fun. I go to Austin with him. And then at the end of the month in March, 28th, 29th, or no, 29th, 30th, and 31. 29th, 30th, 31 of March, I'm going to be in Phoenix, Arizona. So if you're in Arizona, come through. It'll be my throwback to my days in college. I went to Arizona State, so I'm going to go visit the campus take a piss on PV Maine, you know, go over to Manzanita and catch an STD, go toss the football at Sun Devil Stadium, dude. Um, that was the that, that was how I learned how, that I wanted to go to that school. By the way, I ate mushrooms with my buddy's cousin's boyfriend in the back of the dorm that I would eventually be, be in staring at the Sun Devil Stadium and I was high as fuck and I was like, we got to go. This is, we got to go here. We have to go to the school. So I'm going to go back to Arizona State and toy around and I'll be in the Phoenix area uh, up at the House of Comedy in North Phoenix. Um, so come through. So like I said, next weekend, I think 7, 8, 9, March, Jersey. The end of the month, Phoenix. And then Rogan and I are jumping around. I'm doing his 420 show down in San Diego. Um, we're going to be at the Borgata. Uh, but check out andrewsantino.com for all my dates. Cheeto Santino on Twitter and the Insta and all that jazz. Um, keep hitting me up, Kate. Keep listening to Whiskey Ginger. I really appreciate all that stuff, man. All the love that I'm getting. It's fucking incredible. Um, we're going to keep getting good guests. Um, I've got so many other people lined up for the next couple of weeks that I'm super fucking excited about. And I hope you guys, you guys are excited too. Um, and if you're not, fuck you. Okay. This is all I have. Uh, but thank you for listening to Whiskey Ginger. I appreciate you. Peace. Creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful.